Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. And we will be continuing on in our journey through the book of Jonah. Just for review and, and to, to see the whole story as it uh, unfolds together, in chapter 1 we saw the God who was inescapable. We saw Jonah had, had heard this word from the Lord that had come to him and told him to arise and go to Nineveh and proclaim against it. And Jonah didn't want to do it. He wanted to run from the presence of the Lord. He wanted to leave behind. And so Jonah got up and he went and he boarded a boat and he paid the fare. And he, he tried to go to the end of the earth. God wanted him to go east and Jonah went west as far as he could possibly go. But Jonah could not outrun God. God hurled a wind upon the sea. The storm was about to break the ship up into many pieces. And they came in and they got Jonah and they asked him, what should we do? What should we do so that we can be saved? And Jonah said, throw me overboard. And they didn't want to do it. They tried to row to the shore so that they could uh, preserve their lives without having to give Jonah up into the waters. And yet they found it was futile and they threw Jonah overboard and he uh, immediately, whenever they threw him overboard, the waters ceased from raging. And these pagan sailors, they prayed and they, they made vows to the Lord and they worshipped the Lord, they sacrificed to Him. In chapter 2, you know, in chapter 1 we saw the God who is inescapable. In chapter 2, we saw the God who saves. Jonah had been thrown into the water and uh, he felt that he was about to die. He felt that he was as good as dead and yet the Lord prepared this giant fish to come and swallow him up to save him. And as he was in the belly of this great fish, he, he prayed to the Lord and he thanked God for his salvation. And he ends this prayer crying out, salvation belongs to the Lord. And we, we saw there in chapter 2 so the, the God of salvation, that salvation belongs to the Lord. And in chapter 3 we see a God who responds to people when they repent. We see a God who is forgiving and gracious and who relents from calamity when people repent. Let's, let's read chapter 3. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I, I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh 
according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth, from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh. And he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published throughout Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed on feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he said that he would do to them. And he did not do it. Let's pray again. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are a gracious and compassionate God who relents from calamity when, you, when people repent and they put their faith in you. Father, we pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear your word. Lord, that we would be a people who loves your word and who tremble at your word. Father, be with me. Give me strength. For I am weak, but you are strong, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We find ourselves back in the beginning. It starts off with almost exactly the same words. It says, the, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. It's exactly the way it started in the beginning. It said, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amiti. The only difference is that instead of saying the son of Amiti, it said the second time. And what is the message that God gives Jonah? He says, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. What did Jonah What was he told the first time? He was told, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. Here, it says, cry out the message that I tell you. It's the same message. The same message that God had for the people of Nineveh in chapter 1, when God was initially calling Jonah was the same message. And Jonah was to do exactly as God had told him to do. He wasn't to go and say anything outside of the words that God had told him to say. He was restricted. He he could only say that which God 
was telling him to say. Sometimes preachers get into trouble because we go beyond what God has spoken in His Word. There's a warning in Scripture not to add or take away, isn't there, in the book of Revelation. The duty of a pastor, the duty of God's messenger to His people is to stand and speak God's Word. Nothing more. Nothing less. We explain it. We apply it. But everything must be based upon God's holy word. Not our feelings. Not some kind of special revelation that we receive. But it's based upon God's word. He has spoken. Verse 3. Jonah, this time he was obedient. Jonah arose and he went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. According to the word of the Lord. He did exactly what God was telling him to do this time. Before, he had run. But this time, he was doing according to the word of the Lord. He gives us some kind of a description of what Nineveh was like. Nineveh was this exceedingly great city. Literally in the Hebrew it says uh, that Nineveh was great in uh, he was, it was great to the Lord. Nineveh was great to the Lord. It was it was big before the Lord. Some say maybe this is talking about how important it was to the Lord. Some say that it's about the size of it. It is kind of ambiguous. Do we, which which is it? Well, it, it must have been important to the Lord because He was sending Jonah as a prophet to tell them and, and to warn them of the coming destru- destruction. But it was also a big city. It talks about how the next in the next verse, it says, Jonah began going into the city. You see, in verse 3, I'm sorry. It was a three days journey in breadth. It took Jonah... Three days to cross it. Now, if you look at the archaeology of the day, they would say that at the time that Jonah was going and preaching, it probably wouldn't have been three uh, days' journey across it. If you're just looking at Nineveh itself. So some have tried to say, well, maybe this was written at a later time. I don't think you have to do that because maybe it was including Nineveh and all the surrounding areas. So as Nineveh, as Jonah walked through, he was, he was maybe walking through the suburbs and it took him three days to get all the way across. It was, anyway, it was a big city. Lots and lots of people. Jonah, as he's walking, it doesn't take him three days to get the message out, to get the word out. He gets walking through and on the very first day, he begins to hear a response. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, this is his message, 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. That was his message. That was what God had told him to preach. Jonah didn't go into Nineveh and he, and, and he didn't preach, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. That's not what... Jonah came into Nineveh and preached. But he preached, 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed. He had a a message of God's impending judgment upon the people of Nineveh. 
He didn't give any offer of any of any uh, forgiveness, did he? All he was was explaining the judgment. Yet people responded. People responded. When God comes to us with a message of judgment, there is implied in that that if we turn our from our sinful ways, if we turn from that, He will forgive us. When God's Word comes to us. The people of Nineveh believed God, it says in verse 5. They believed God. You think back to Genesis. Abraham was found righteous. God declared him righteous because he believed God. And here these Ninevites are. These pagan worshipers, these people who had a violent past, these people from the Assyrian Empire that that, uh, had no concern for human life, they would go and they would rampage places and they would would be very, very violent and doing all kinds of of things to show examples of, of, of how evil and mean they were. And yet they, when God's word came to them, they believed God. It shows us there is no one beyond His reach. No matter how evil someone is, no matter what they've done, no matter what I've done, no matter what you've done, no matter what, there is no one beyond His reach. The people of Nineveh believed God. And they, they had fruit to their faith. They didn't just believe Jonah's message and then just continue in what they did. But true saving faith has fruits to it, doesn't it? True saving faith works, as James said. They called for a fast. They put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least. Then it kind of spells this out and explains it even more. The word reached the king of Nineveh. The word there, reached the king, literally means to smite. And when the word reached the, the, the king, it was as if he was struck with a blow. And when God's word comes to us, when, when God's word comes to us in our sin, in our brokenness, sometimes it comes to us like a blow. And we're in, in awe and we wonder, what should we do? The word reached the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne. Here was the king, the king of Nineveh. He was sitting on a throne. It must have been real cushy. He was was up there. He was was rich and he had all the things that he needed. And yet, when the word reached to him, he got up from his throne. He, He stepped up from his comfortable place. And he removed his robe. Sometimes grieving was expressed in the ancient world by taking off clothing. He removed his robe and he put on sackcloth and he sat in ashes. He humbled himself. He was doing the very same things that he was calling on his people to do. He issued this proclamation of interest. It might be of interest that 
This word proclamation, whenever he issued the proclamation, it's the same word in the Hebrew as it is whenever Jonah is told to cry out. So whenever Jonah, he goes and he cries out against Nineveh, when the king heard and he believed, he begins to do the same thing. He issued a proclamation. He began to cry out as well. He told his people, By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast nor herd nor flock taste anything. This king was going to cover all of his bases. He was going to do everything that he could to show repentance. He wanted every single person from the greatest of his nobles all the way down to the least to be dressed in sackcloth and cover themselves with ashes. And not just the people either, but the animals as well. Can you imagine trying to dress a cow in sackcloth? But yet this is, they were going to drastic measures to try to show the fruits of their repentance. Part of this, he says, not, don't let them taste anything. Let them not feed or graze. Let them not drink water. They're going to drastic measures. A lot of times when we fast for spiritual purposes, we'll still drink water. And there's many times in the Bible whenever fasting is like that. But they were a, a total fast. Showing how serious that they were. They weren't even going to drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Calling out with strength. They weren't just going to do these things like cover in sackcloth fast, but they were, they were told to cry out to God themselves with strength, mightily, calling out to Him, praying that He might re- relent. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hand. The king is calling on his people to repent. To turn from their wicked way. To turn from the ways that they have followed in. And he says, who knows? He's not confident that it will work. Jonah's message, all it was, was 40 days and Nineveh will fall. And the king, he hears this and and he has hope. Who knows? Maybe God will turn. Maybe God will relent from this fierce anger. And we might not perish. Well, verse 10, we see what kind of God, God is. Verse 10, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said that he would do to them, and he did not do it. God is a forgiving God. When people repent, when people turn, when they believe his word, when they believe his message, and that belief results in fruits, it says here, what happened whenever Jonah preached? They believed God's message. They believed And they turned from their evil ways. They repented. 
Such every person that comes to faith in Jesus Christ must do. They believe what God's message says. And they turn from their wicked ways. They repent. We repent and believe the gospel. That's the same preaching that the New Testament apostles gave. We repent and we believe. When we do that, just as the people in Nineveh do that, or did that, God relents. Now there's a a little bit of a problem here. Does God change His mind? And I don't want to go into the the philosophical uh, questions all behind that. But the problem comes in, we, we, we look at Numbers chapter 24, I believe it was, where it says, God is not a man that He should lie, nor a son of man that He should change His mind. The Bible says that He does not change His mind. And the word there for change His mind is the same word, I checked it, it is the exact same word in the Hebrew where it says God relented. So in one place it says God will not change His mind, and on the other place here we see that God relented. God, in a sense, changed His mind about what He was going to do to the Ninevites. Is there a contradiction here? I don't believe there is a contradiction. We have to understand the context of what is going on here. And there, there, there are many that will debate about the philosophical positions behind this. Here's what I believe. God will not change His mind in His character. He will not change in His nature. And when what God has decided will happen, will happen. Yet, from our perspective as human beings, when we repent and put our faith in Jesus, it, it, we, from our perspective, it, it, it looks like He's changed His mind. That's how I put the two together. And if you are interested in further talk about that, we can talk about that another time. I'm saying that there is no contradiction between the two. What God has decided, it will come to pass. Yet, He, he from our perspective, when we repent, when we turn to Him, that disposition toward us of wrath changes. Because when we are in our sins, when we are, are, before we're converted, before we come to Jesus, God's disposition toward us is the same as that is to the people of Nineveh. We are under His wrath. We deserve His just condemnation. And yet when we repent, when we believe God, when we turn to Him, He responds to us. And He forgives us. God is the inescapable God that we saw in chapter 1. God is the God who saves in chapter 2. God is the God who forgives. Who relents from disaster in chapter 3. God is a good God. Romans tells us, I guess quoting the Old Testament, but I didn't check that passage. Romans tells us 
that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Just like these Ninevites, there is no one beyond his reach. But anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.